You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Bobby Watts of Watts Innovations. He has launched an entirely new platform. And as we see many new American drone manufacturers taking flight, many people are asking the question of, well, which drones are actually available. And I wanted to show you this particular drone and Bobby Watts's particular platform because it is truly a platform that can really well replace not just one drone, but many. Bobby, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out and making this happen so quickly. We, we only announced this like a few days ago. So this is the first interview I'm doing uh, on this new aircraft, and I, I'm really excited. Well, you should be excited. It's a really cool bird. I mean, as we can see it over your, looks like your right shoulder, I mean, it's folded up right there. And just as, before we get too much into details, because there's a lot of them, let's talk about this new platform. So Prism is a quadcopter, but also a coaxial X8. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So I guess the best way to introduce Prism is it's basically the answer to every question that I've received for the last three years. Hello, can you please offer me a drone that can do this? And it's everything. Uh, it's, it's something that can film movies. Uh, can you offer me a drone that can transport cargo? Can you sell me a drone that is, um, you know, I live in a, a, a country that takes 30 hours by flight from America. Getting spare parts is really hard. Do you have a way that I can easily change arms myself without having an engineering degree? You know, uh, weather resistant and easy to service and all these things. And so I realized that in order to come up with a drone that could indeed do this, we really had to go back to like the basics of just asking ourselves, okay, what's a drone? And uh, as, as soon as we did that, then the idea started flowing. And 10 months later, here we are. <laughs> here, we're finally announcing it. Well, it's really awesome. I mean, the fact that you're listening to your customers like that is, uh, I, I would say, unique in itself in this industry. And then to take all of that and put it together into one bird, I think just takes the uniqueness or rareness to a whole new level. So when it comes to Prism and it comes to all of these different questions and the true versatility of the bird, what are we looking at as far as this coaxial X8? I'm sure it can carry very heavy payloads for things like film, and probably also LiDAR as well. But when it comes to actually transitioning the bird or even transitioning payloads or propulsion, what does that look like? How hard is that? And I mean, you know, you talk about making something that's made for people who don't need an engineer, engineering uh, degree, excuse me, like myself, I can't even say it. So like, I want to see how, how easy it is myself. Well, uh, one of these days, I will, I'd love to send you a unit and you could literally shoot a video on how to change an arm set in under five minutes. Um, it's really exciting. Like, it, it's really cool. So to start from the basics, uh, the best way to think about Prism, it's, it's a center core. So that's the best way to think about it. And the propulsion system and the exact specs of how much can you lift and how long can it fly for, 
to me, it, that that can change with whatever propulsion system we decide to bolt onto the drone. So when I talk about a propulsion system, I'm calling a propulsion system a motor, propeller, speed controller, a tube of some sort, and then our arm receptacle. And that arm receptacle literally bolts to the drone with two bolts. It's just two special stainless steel bolts, and it goes through our ball bearing uh, uh, little arm receptacle. And basically, all you do is you install the arms onto the drone. And as part of our uh, smarts inside the drone, it's a patent pending technology. Uh, we, we put a patent together, a provisional for it, submitted it a few months ago. And it's a technology that we call propulsion ID to where basically when the drone fires up every time, it looks to each motor and says, hey, what motor are you? And then it comes back and it says, hey, we are this motor. And we, the factory, designate what those propulsion systems are. So let's say it detects the small coaxial motor. It automatically throws in the correct flight parameters for that motor, including like the motor directions, flight gains, and anything else we might want to include in there, in that propulsion ID, then it lets you go fly. Let's say if you wanted to transition that same aircraft to a heavier lift coaxial drone with redundancy and more lift, then literally you take each arm out with two bolts and install the coaxial arms with two bolts, drone turns back on again, detects a new arm, and then throws in those correct parameters for the coaxial flight, and then literally you just go fly. So you as a user don't do anything. And we've even gone so far as if you put the wrong arm on, it'll throw an error code and not allow you to arm, things like that. So if you put a counterclockwise motor where it should be a clockwise motor, you couldn't even take off. Um, so that's just kind of the beginning of it, and that, that system we call propulsion ID. My nephew would be very happy. He crashed his Star Wars drone like that once. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. It's, it's really the worst. And then I guess to, to try to be clear with it, at the moment on our first launch, we're offering two propulsion systems. A quad, which we offer, it's about a five-pound payload window that you get, and that can fly at an all-up weight of 35 pounds. And then we have the Coaxial X8, and that's a all-up weight of 55 pounds with about a 25-pound payload capacity. But... As I just said with Propulsion ID, it really doesn't matter to me what kind of motors we have. So we could make a quad heavy lift with a, I don't know, a 40-pound payload capacity, assuming the frame holds up to it. We built that thing like a tank, like the, the middle section is really strong. So I believe over time we'll be adding some propulsion systems. You know, if people need an American propulsion system, maybe we add that. And then users would just simply update the onboard computer. It would detect the new motor and then throw in the parameters and go fly. So right now to launch, we're, we're keeping it real simple, quad X8, but down the road we could do a smaller X8. Um, it, it, it's really endless. So it, it's, it's definitely exciting because it's, it's definitely new for us. Oh, wow. Uh... Bobby, um, propulsion ID. So hold on, let me let me make sure I understand this right. So if let's say you come out with new arms and you shorten the arms and you add super torquey motors for like a triprop to do kind of like a Cinewhoop version of this drone because it is a platform. It can change. With propulsion ID, is something like that possible where you just take the arms off, put them back on, and you're good to go? Yes, absolutely. It would literally be the same the same deal, you just remove the arms, put the new ones on. But what I will say is that in that future iteration of a propulsion system, which as of today we haven't come up with yet, all you would have to do is just an onboard software update. So if you receive the arms, the set of four arms, the whatever we would call them, 
Um, so you receive the set of four arms, it would just basically be reminding you, hey, um, you need to go ahead and update your onboard computer so that the drone understands what arms you're about to plug in. And then in a scenario where let's say you don't have the update, but you plug the new arms in anyway, it just throw a code to just say propulsion ID unknown. So that's that's basically that's basically it in a nutshell. And I just wanted to say too that you can turn it off. You can turn propulsion ID off. So let's say if you wanted to put a different motor on and you wanted to run your own flight gains and and go off and have at it, just literally turn it off and and you're, you're on your own. You need to be smart enough to set up this drone at this point, but at least we give you that freedom to use our recommended settings or you just go off on your own. So you've really created a true platform here with the ability to change propulsion. I'm not sure that I have seen that before. With that said, if I buy like a coaxial X8, is there any benefit in going down to a quad with the current setups that you're going to launch? What do you think? So, yeah, I mean, that that's a really good question. And I've struggled with that in my mind. But the the main cons that you, you certainly could. And in the instance of like when I fly this quad, it's so quiet. So like if you're going to put a Flare Duo Pro R on there, it weighs like a pound or something, you know, pound and a half, two pounds. If you're going to put that on there and you just want something non-invasive, non-intimidating, um, just quiet. In that sense, that quad's going to be an awesome setup for you. And you're going to get like a 35-minute flight time or something, like a 40-something-minute flight time, like something really good. So in that sense, the quad would be really good. I hope that some of these guys are going to throw some cinema cameras on there and FPV them. Even with our quad setup, I mean, the other day, I hit like 65 miles an hour, not even trying, just booking. And then with the onboard computers, you know, you know with, with using the, the Pixel Cube, you know, we have GPS and all the really nice features that one would want if they were FPVing a cinema camera. So it's more about just being really flexible with what kind of, with the user serviceability, that's really number one. So like if you tip it over, let's say you're a customer in the UK and you have this drone and, and you get out and I don't know what happened. We've had customers fly into rocks, they've flown into trees, They've nicked propellers on the vehicle, getting it out of the car, literally everything. So instead of them sending the drone back to us, which is $1,000 each way shipping, like, and then we change it out, it's like, let's make this so easy and so simple that anyone can do it. And so that's where this started and, you know, kind of here, here we are. Wow. So when we go, let's, what I love about all of this is that it's truly a platform. And what yes. I love about this platform, and one of the things that got me so excited about it, is the fact that you've built this massive bird. So if you want to fly, you know, a regular, let's say, entry-level industrial job with the FLIR Duo Pro, just like you mentioned, you can exactly. totally do that. It's a phenomenal bird. But if you also need to fly a heavier payload like LiDAR, for example, well, yep. you can do that as well. And what I really love about all of this is that it, this drone can potentially replace numerous drones, but also it's not going to replace the physical size of numerous drones rather scale down that size because you've really taken a lot of time with this drone and planning kind of from the storage box from our from our cases and then yep. up into the drone because I am stunned at how small of a case that particular drone can fit in because I've traveled all over the country with my birds and doing trainings and very familiar in how much it costs to move with bigger, more expensive rigs. And the, the case that you have chosen 
will not have those expenses. For people who are not, are not familiar with PRISM and how foldable and portable it is, help us understand. Yeah, absolutely. So with our current heavy lifting platform, the MFD 5000, uh, we've been selling it for about two, three years now. That one is what we call an umbrella design, an umbrella folding design. So similar to, a, uh, I don't know, a DJI M600 or um, S900, anything like that. So it, it folds downwards. So with Prism, we decided to spin them. So they spin counterclockwise when they fold. And we decided to spin the arms in a pinwheel sort of formation because you really go from having uh, the, the umbrella design to uh, when, it, when it folds with Prism, it's real flat. I think it's only eight or 10 inches tall once it's completely folded. So that way, landing gear pops off. So it just allows the case to be so much smaller. So our MFD case is gigantic. And I drive a Ford Edge. It's like a great crossover. And with the MFD cases, I can maybe get two to three in there. I think three is about the max. With Prism, we could probably do probably almost double that. So, you know, even if you're getting this and you have a rental car of some sort, like you don't need a pickup truck, you don't need a van, the aircraft and the radio and the landing gear and the battery plates all fit in one SKB case. I forget the model number, but it's quite small. And then on top of that, too, our MFD case was so big that they would give you handles, but they wouldn't give you wheels. So then we had a removable caster wheel kit, and those are so big that you can't really, they're removable, you can't even store them inside the case. They needed their own little case. So with this SKB case, I made sure it had a nice pullout handle and wheels built into it, and the size is really nice too. So the goal is to make it just as portable as possible because guys are going to be taking this through the airport and everything. So uh, I'm really digging the case. It's in, in the event of going out to test at the field, it's a lot easier now. So it's nice. It's really awesome, and frankly, I, I love the portability. So let's talk really quick about some of the features of this aircraft. While some of our audience might be looking at that thing and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm sure it's like traditional, you know, large, heavy lift copters where you've got the remote and the VTX separate and things are not integrated. You don't have the ability to really do autonomous features easy and conveniently so i'm wondering if you can tell us more about this echo sky system that's built in with prism and i think it goes to show once again just how this is a platform and know all of the trolls out there he did not pay me for this show this is a drone i'm genuinely excited about and i just want to try to hit all the features in a way that doesn't make me look like a fool either okay Okay. Uh, no, uh, all good. All good. So with regards to the features, it's there's so many and we could talk for hours about this and I wouldn't even cover them. So if I if I mention any now that um, in more or less detail, then it's simply because there's a lot to get to. So first thing I will say is if you want to see as many features as possible, check out uh, our website, WattsInnovations.com. And then there's a whole section there for Prism. We made like a seven minute launch video trying to really show and demonstrate all the features working. But with the aircraft at its core is the Pixhawk Cube flight controller. We did that because that's the number one requested flight controller. We've been working with it for maybe like four or five years. I hated it when I first started with it five years ago. It, it, it was such a challenge to get going to me coming from DJI flight controllers. But here we are four or five years later and I absolutely love it, love it. Like I can't imagine selling another machine without a, the cube or, or an autopilot of that caliber because it allows us to do so much. So like propulsion ID, we could never do with anything else. Uh, with, with 
with like a DJI flight controller where everything's really integrated. That brings so, up okay. a quick question really fast because some people are concerned about security. So for everyone out there, this is a true American-built drone kind of through and through. I know you use T-motors for everyone out there. But with yeah. that said, I noticed one of your promo photos. It looked like had the DJI payload SDK. Are you able – no? No. No, there's not a single DJI part on the machine. Nothing. Not even a screw or a connector. Nothing. So is there a payload integration system then, and or do you have recommended gimbals for payloads? And help us once yeah. again understand how all of that integrates into this convenient and easy system. I'm wondering if you have a remote you can show. If not... No, I got one. This is... Um, so the Prism is a delicate balance between the open source community and making things plug and play basically next how do you make things as user friendly as possible and as easy to fly you know easy to fly at the same time so with prism we basically have it in such a way that we have all the com ports and everything and the s bus and everything intentionally open for any radio system to work with it because everyone has a different use case in our case we wanted to make the out of the box radio just really simple really easy to use so with this one we have echo sky mobile we call it echo sky mobile and it's a it's a nice radio. It's everything in one. So for people who are used to DJI, where you're used to getting the video, the uh, uh, RC signals, uh, all your data, your telemetry, everything in one, this is what this offers. And so this particular one is like Android based. We have our own version of the Q Ground Control app running on this, and the specs are really nice. It's about three mile data transmit data and video transmission range, five hour battery life. Um, so it, it's really nice. It's a nice feel to it, and and it really flies well. Like it, it, it's it's uh, it's it's been doing really well. But I'm I'm um, like I said I, I'm with Prism. We want to be really flexible because I understand that customers are going to want to put their own radio systems in there for people flying on um, you know government for government jobs or anything like that. They're going to need a uh, you know a fully American built radio, which this one is not. This one is not a fully built American radio, but in order for us to provide a fully built American radio, it's going to be a lot more expensive. So this is why we're getting everybody going with Echo Sky Mobile because it really works well. And then on our website, we have a link to Echo Sky Eagle, which will be coming in 2021 sometimes, which is basically to the uh, U.S. specs so that guys doing any government type jobs or infrastructure or anything like that, that'll work with it. So we intentionally made the radio system relatively flexible. Awesome. Uh, really quick question. Uh, the batteries for the remote, are they interchangeable or do you have to plug the remote into the wall? They're integrated. Uh, so it's a, it's a battery inside. But we've, we've tested to where we've ran the battery down all the way and then plugged it into a charger and then continued to fly while it's charging. And that still works. That's good. So it's, it's similar to if you're familiar with like the DJI Lightbridge 2. It's similar to that where the battery is inside. But I would... I would absolutely love to do like a removable battery as we move forward. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's been doing, it, it's been doing really well. There's all sorts of buttons and switches and knobs and everything. Pre-programmable, I'm guessing everything is. Correct. So correct. talking about then the gimbals, what is the recommended gimbal setup that you are working with that your clients are, are finding useful? So um, our clients do 
everything. Our clients want to put a Flare Duo Pro R on there. Uh, our clients want to put a LiDAR camera on there. They want to put a film camera on there. Face One sensor with a Gremzy gimbal. They, they want to do everything. So we are not recommending one gimbal or another with it. But instead, what we did was we just made the aircraft the most, the easiest aircraft ever to integrate any gimbal with. So for that, what we've done on the outside of the drone is we've provided three connectors. We've provided a HDMI, which can feed straight to the Echo Sky Mobile. And literally, you click a button and you transfer between looking at your FPV camera or whatever camera you plug in. As long as you plug it in and it's 1080, 30, 1080 uh, uh, resolution, 30 frames per second, it'll show up. Then we have a power connector, which gives 5, 12, 24, and 50 volts. Um, depending on the power connector that you buy from us, we tap into the 5 volt, we tap into the 12 volt, we tap into the 24 volt. So now you can power whatever you want. And then lastly, we have a data connector, which does uh, S-Bus and serial. So now you can control it. So literally, that means you can control, power, and view any gimbal at all. So that's our goal. And then you heard about propulsion ID. Uh, that introduces accessory ID, which is basically any gimbal that we want to set up, and we deem it like this is this setup. You basically plug it in, the drone understands it, and then maps all of your switches so the gimbal just simply works. So. That's, that's what accessory ID would allow us to do. So what we're gonna do is probably just take a step back, see what the most common use cases are. So we, if we see it's like a Grimsy Pixie F with a Flare Duo Pro R, and that's a real popular one, then we'll just instantly make an accessory ID for that. So anytime you plug that gimbal in, it recognizes it, automatically sets up your radio, and you just go fly. Um, and then we just continue with that. Wow. Um, I think I've learned uh, a lot from you. And so learning a lot from you in this interview, I have one particular question. We just launched a brand new um, solar inspection class, which is taught on the X-T2. It's also taught uh, on some of the older uh, FLIR cameras. And I'm wondering, with the integrated system that you have, like let's say... Let's say that I've got a Ronin MX already, and I already have the DJI gimbal, and I've already got my camera balanced on it and everything. Am I going to be able to easily connect that gimbal to your bird and run a mapping mission with it? Because I'm trying to cover all the bases here for people yeah. who are interested in mapping like myself. Because sure. if, if your drone is set up as I believe it is, and practical mm -hmm. use case will tell, right? But if it's set up as I uh, assume, I think you might have literally the ultimate mapping drone. And uh, I've spoken okay. with another person about this particular drone, and we mm -hmm. think you might be onto something. So let's hear more about answering that question, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So assuming that gimbal, in that case, you're the Ronin MX, assuming that can be controlled by an S-Bus, are you powering the gimbal on the gimbal, or do you need external power? Uh, there's a battery on the gimbal, so it's powered on board. So it's even easier. So yeah. So in that case, and then can you output that as an HDMI? I believe you can. Uh, I'm trying to remember the setup now. It's been so uh, long. It's so, been so long. So, I'm almost embarrassed. I don't know. It's okay. So assuming assuming it's controlled by SBUS and then it outputs HDMI, yes, you can use it. Um, but I just want to make it really clear. We did not, we tried for zero minutes to integrate anything DJI into this. 
we are seeing a clear trend coming. I saw this last year, which is why this project started this way. We're seeing a clear trend that the U.S. government, for any re- for whatever reason, I, not my opinion, but for whatever reason, they're they're not allowing the use of DJI drones inside the government, and 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 that's starting to spread throughout industry. A lot of our industry clients can't use DJI. So because of that reason, this drone literally, this is a a beautiful alternative to what I think DJI makes incredible products, incredible products. And this is our answer to just trying to be the most flexible drone ever in terms of like what people can do with it, but at the same time, plug and play, which is a really hard balance to achieve. So let me ask you about, it is a hard balance. It is a hard balance to achieve. You're probably right about that. Uh, There's so much in that statement. Like, I I really enjoy these interviews because you're just so, you know what you're doing and it's clear. So let me ask you this. Let's say that I'm not an experienced drone builder, right? Mm -hmm. And I need a good drone like yours that's non-DJI. And I think you summed up the environment that is coming down the pipe flawlessly and so let's so let's assume that the environment that you said is correct and i need a drone that's not dji it's not chinese what type of gimbal should i be looking at acquiring with your aircraft if i want to create like an easy plug and play mapping system something maybe even where a camera is built into the gimbal what type of integration options would you recommend because i'm asking too like as a mapper like i still go out and do mapping jobs to this day more so 3d modeling but i'm wondering if i wanted an integrated camera payload camera gimbal and I'm getting out of DJI completely, and I want to integrate with your system and make it easy, convenient, repeatable, what am I looking at? So I'm not the expert in this. I, I really come from more of like the cinema side um, in terms of the mapping and, and such. I don't have as much experience with it because we've never had a drone that we could really offer to that clientele. Our other drones were just so massive, you would never use it for mapping. But from what I can tell, from what I'm hearing the most, is a lot of people have been hitting me up for like the phase one hundred megapixel sensor, and then I think with that, like the Gremzy gimbals have been really nice to integrate with that. So we get those from uh, Wyatt at Air Supply, and he's been really helpful. And so I would say that something like a Gremzy is a really nice alternative because it's relatively inexpensive. It works very well, super easy to set up with the, their their app. And once again, we can output any voltage. And between SBUS and Serial from the Pixhawk, we can really do a lot with the sensor. So I would just say that if you're interested in getting some sort of sensor and gimbal for this aircraft, just make sure it can output the video to HDMI, um, SBUS or Serial controlled, and has a voltage operating voltage in between 5 and 50 volts. And as far as the payload mounting, we haven't really talked about that. So the as far as the mounting rails... We have 12 millimeter rails on both the top and the bottom of the aircraft. And so with that, we treat batteries and payload the same. So to me, it doesn't matter what you put on top or what you put on the bottom of the aircraft. The payload and the batteries are completely changeable. So with those payload rail systems, we have a carbon fiber quick release battery tray system that let's say you want to put the gimbal on the bottom, which is the most common. So you put the battery receptacle on top of the top 12 millimeter rails then the bottom 12 millimeter rails are open for your gimbal. So you could put like a Gremzy um, uh, Damping Plate Pro, I believe they call it. It's a nice dampener, you know, ISO dampener. 
then you can attach whatever gimbal you want. My cinema guys will recommend one of the Flow Cine tranquilizers. That's a really heavy-duty ISO dampener for the bigger Ronin and Movi-type gimbals. And then we might even offer a dampening system. But right now, there's just so many use cases. We're just trying to identify what are the big ones that everybody will be using for this besides cinema and LiDAR. So to me, it's kind of unknown at this point. And I'll be eager to see uh, which exact like gimbal, which exact camera. But as long as it can go in a 12-millimeter rail system, it means 5 to 50 volts, S-Bus and Serial, and HDMI, you literally put anything on it. Well, I like that. I'm kind of wondering, because I'm trying to sit here and think myself, because I'm not familiar with the Gremzy, Gremzy gimbals uh, uh-huh. that you're mentioning. Are you familiar with the uh, Sony A7R Mark IV, A7S Mark yeah. IV? I'm familiar with the A7S. I've got one right here. I shoot some videos with it. Um, yeah, the A7, the A7 would work with, um, I believe it's like the T7. Ah, oh, crap, I can't remember. They just had a new one, the Gremzy, one of the Gremzy gimbals. But that would work really well in here. Man, as this is a quad with like an A7, that would be very cool. That would be very nice. See, now we're uh, talking a mapping drone. Bingo. There we go. Absolutely. And then, and then the other thing to mention, too, is the landing gear is really easily, you can just stick it on and tighten the clamp. It's just like a quick-release clamp. So then with my cinema guys, those guys are going to be landing on the gimbal. So like they'll run the arrow landing gear and then they'll land on the gimbal. So we don't have retracts. We haven't been able to make any that hold up over time enough. Uh, but we do have really nice fixed landing gear. So you you either go with like fixed landing gear and then you you know your your camera generally would just follow the nose of the drone. Or if you're running like a cinema type setup or something, you just pull the landing gear and uh, use the arrow landing gear. Wow. So, I mean, let's go back to the fact that Prism is a platform, right? Yes. And one of the questions I have is if you purchase the X8 coaxial, do you also get the X4 arms included if you wanted to work with that? If you wanted to maybe like uh, level down, I'm not sure why you would, but... So Prism is one standard aircraft. So like the core is the same for everything. Like we will only ever offer one version at a time, you know, one aircraft. It's not a customized kind of thing, but it's one center core. And then when you go to our website, we just ask whether you want the quad or the coaxial. And then let's say you ordered, let's say in your your example, I think it's a great example. Let's say they order the quad and maybe they're just going to fly a infrared, small infrared camera of some sort and get going with their USA made drone and just kind of get into it. And then maybe they get the LIDAR job and then now they want to upgrade. Well, in that case, they can just pay a few thousand bucks more for the bigger heavy lift propulsion system, and that would just be available as like four arms, and then they would just buy the new one. So when we ship, we're only including the one that's built in the drone, but at any time you could buy, you know, any one given arm as a, uh, like individually, you could buy that if you broke it, you know, for, for a replacement part, or you could buy a whole set and then just upgrade your drone uh, as you go. Gotcha. One, I want to dive down really deep because something just came to mind as I I built another drone to be a mapping drone and I ran into one particular problem where we could have the aircraft, the gimbal, talk to each other. Everything was working right, but we couldn't shutter the camera. I'm sure that you are familiar with this issue. I'm sure you're familiar with the Air Commander and everything. So when it comes to Prism, like we we gave the example of throwing a Sony up there on a gimbal, are we going to be able to fully integrate a mapping mission easily? For those of you who are not familiar, QGIS works very similar to um, 
oh, like Litchi or Measure in, in sim- similar kind of ways. And I would just say that for those of you who haven't used it, that it really does work quite well for mapping missions. But to clarify, for people who have ran into this issue and been stuck before, can you help us how Prism would work in this scenario? So once again, that's more. I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna lean more on that's on the gimbal camera setup and your triggering and everything setup, because once again, the drone knows how to output as bus and serial. So in the event of I know the Grenzi gimbals will communicate via serial with the Pixhawk, so that gives us a lot more control and back and forth crosstalk than just sending like SBUS commands to it, because SBUS is just one way. So you could shutter the camera with the Grimsy gimbal? I haven't, I don't have it set up yet, but assuming a Grimsy gimbal, can, so I will say this, I will, I, will, I will make this crystal clear. Assuming a Grimsy gimbal can trigger the shutter using a serial or SBUS link with the cube, with whatever cam you want, then Prism will do that. And once again, I'm, I'm going to take it back. So us as a manufacturer, we've always been doing custom drones. So we've been literally making one-off type aircraft for people for a few years now. And one thing I wanted to get to with this was just a platform that was so powerful that we would only have to make one type. And with that, we're taking a step back to just manufacturing this type of drone. And then we'll, we'll use our dealer network where they will be the ones to really work with that customer in that scenario where the customer says, hey, I want this camera, this gimbal, and I need it to shutter and all these things. That's where we'll rely on the dealer network more to get the customers up and running because there's so many different uh, applications out there. And the thing I love, my favorite part of it is that everyone's application is the most important. Um, and everyone's application is like exactly what they want to dive into. So um, let's just say like if you were more of like a LiDAR guy or a cinema guy, we would be having that kind of conversation versus like the mapping and the 3D modeling type thing. So it's trying to trying to do it all, but not cutting any corners, like really trying to do it well. So I think that's how we're balancing this. So let me let, so let's go into I didn't mean to throw you off to by the shutter thing, but let's go into this drone as the core for a fleet or is this is this drone really made kind of for a drone program where you've got you know a team of pilots and one team is like like say for a big a huge construction team right Mm -hmm. and let's say one guy needs to fly super nice camera one day and one guy needs to map lidar the other day this is something that would you say is good for drone teams drone programs Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. I think in in that case, like if you had a mapping one and a LIDAR one, I think the setups would be kind of different and and the customer or the dealer or whatever would have to do some, you know, you'd have to play with some of the settings to, sorry, configure the settings properly to get everything in in your example of the shutter working, right? So you you would have to play with the, the cube settings in there to get that running correctly. But the nice part is I would say for a fleet, the nice part is that we're so user serviceable that it really makes sense in more quantities than just having one. So in this example, like a, anything happens to one of the propulsion systems, you can literally now change the arm with two bolts and you're not, that drone isn't down for the day. This drone can accept any battery. Literally like if it's a 6S or a 12S battery, it can accept any of them. So we made that a big thing too. So wait, so, hold on. Let that—that's kind of a big deal. But and I think that it's worth uh, taking taking a break here for a second. Uh, I'm 
it can take any battery. So obviously, yep. I'm guessing if you were to drop down to 6S, you would definitely need pairs of batteries. But help yep. us understand, are you saying whether I use a 6S 10K milliamp or a 12S 16K milliamp, the bird's still right. going to go airborne? Correct. So we treat, once again, so we treat batteries and payload the same. So in this example, we have our heavy lift, which can fly at all up weight of 55 pounds. And then we have our quad that can fly to all up weight of 35. So what that then means is you look at your payload. How big of a payload do you want to lift? If you only want to lift a one pound payload on either of them, you can literally just put the biggest battery that you can find in there that keeps it at that all up weight max. And then that will determine your flight time. So this aircraft is 12S native. So we created it with two big connectors in the back. They're 12S and they're awesome because that means if you're running 12S packs, you only have to plug in two batteries and that's it. In the example where a lot of our customers that have been, our drones that we've been selling for the last three years are all 6S. And my customers buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of batteries for the big aircraft. So I feel like it would be a huge disservice to them to not make those batteries work on our new drone. So we have uh, what we call our power plate. It's basically just a series plate where you can plug in two 6S batteries and then we output 12S. Um, so I got one right here. I was going to say, it looks like that XT90 connector. Yeah. So this one's a 12S, uh, 16,000 milliamp battery. Uh, this one's by Tattoo. We, we really like their stuff. Um, and it's a smart battery. So, you know, you can see the voltage when you press the button. Uh, it's got auto discharging and all the nice features you'd want. And then this is the connector. So it's a big monster connector. And uh, so this houses, this is 50 volts right here. And so in this case, you would fly two 12S batteries. And this one's so heavy, you would only fly this on the coaxial. So like these two batteries put the quad overweight. So in this case, you would basically put both of these on the coaxial and then you would go fly. So I think these would work with a, a lighter payload to really give you a long flight time. So like these two with a LiDAR sensor that maybe weighs 12 or 13 pounds, you're looking at like a 25 minute flight time with reserve. Um, and then we have our, our carbon fiber plate here, which you might be able to see. And this is for our quick release receptacle, um, for the, the quick release mechanism that accepts the battery. But in the case that let's say you've got thousands of dollars where like, I, I can't stress it up. Like these companies uh, and people might know, maybe you've purchased them yourself, like thousands of dollars of batteries that are 6S. Um, so this is our, our, our prototype. I'm actually so pissed seeing this right now. Cause like literally one of those, yeah, it is literally one of those. I had a tattoo 12,000 milliamp hour 6S battery that I uh -huh. just, I just put in the salt tube of death. You know what I mean? Oh, when you put God. your batteries in salt water to discharge oh, them. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens. But like these are uh, seeing these this are and the fact that I could have used that to like literally pair of batteries together i yeah. probably wouldn't have got rid of the thing uh it's okay it's all good so basically with this plate we're just combining them in series this this one is not rocket science so this one's our our power plate it basically just takes two success batteries puts them in series then we output the same connector as the other guy so in this example this one's a uh these are two success uh eight thousands so this would work really well in the quad or maybe the quad could probably even accept 10, 10 thousands, maybe even 12 thousands. But I think the quad guys are going to be using a lot of eight thousands. So you can see the difference. It's, it's half the battery. Like in, by milliamp, by watt hour, it is half. This is 16,000, this is 8,000. So 
we just want to be flexible because our customers generally have just such a wide use case to where we're not the, this is this drone in this box with this battery size for this payload. We are more of a platform where people doing uh, magnetometers, uh, uh, you know, working with magnetometers and or doing LIDAR scanning or cinema or cargo hauling or um, disinfectant spraying or anything like that. Like we want to be a platform that's based off of open source architecture, but so easy to integrate with and just to use that it's just so wide open as your business grows or as your use case grows. Uh, like we just want to be like that go-to like workhorse platform. So that's that's like really the goal with this. I think you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, from the transmission system to the flexibility in payloads and payload position, the portability. I mean, I really think you hit the nail on the head with Prism. And I'm not really sure, you know, covering this drone, we talked about top or bottom mount. We talked about the fact that it folds. We talked about batteries. We talked about endurance. Uh, you talked briefly about speed. I mean, you talked about data. I'm not really sure what we're missing here other than, Bobby, I'm really excited for you and I hope people see what I see in your platform, which is a truly scalable platform for programs. And we, uh, we are intending to teach on this aircraft for all of those props users out there who are wondering if we are going with this aircraft. This is one of our chosen American friends, so the answer is yes. Uh, that being said, we, we are excited. Oh, you knew that before. Uh, yes. We're excited to work with you, Bobby, and we're excited for those people out there who, uh, who have worked with you as well. You actually were a referral from one of our good friends um, so that being said, when are you, are you already shipping these birds? I, I know, um, I know from that same friend that there's a lot of interest out there on this aircraft. So as far as availability, what are we looking at here? So at the moment, these are our flying prototypes. We've got about three of them um, and we've got some older generations too, but this is like the production prototype. And these three, we've been putting them through their paces. Um, we put the, shot these, the, the uh, promotional video as well. But um, we're in production and we'll be shipping uh, right around the end of the year. So just in Q4 with Verona, I can literally only say Q4 right now because some things are just crazy with, with whatever, as you know, I don't even say that. Everyone knows. And so we're doing like a um, like an early access pre-order where that'll get you to where uh, we'll be shipping around Q4 and then standard pre-order will be shipping. Uh, we're calling it Q1 of 2021. But um, depending on how fast and, and smoothly the actual production goes, we'll be right at the end of the year, beginning of next year. But all the engineering is like proven. Everything that I've been talking about, we've been doing. So it's just a matter of you know making it happen at scale, uh, which we're really excited about. So um, very exciting. Awesome. Well, Bobby, thank you for joining us on the show today. Really appreciate your time and the time as you have put much of it into the engineering of that aircraft. Well done, my friend. It's been a lot. It's been a labor of love. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. And, and if anyone has any questions, you can just hit me up on any of my social channels or, or check out the website. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more I didn't talk about here or things will evolve from here. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. I like the fact that there's no geofencing or the fact that uh, you know, once again, you've got that long distance flying that a lot of, I feel like the other American drones don't have. So, I mean, I think that this is a, uh, this is a win-win. I think this is really cool. And I think people should be excited for it. And I think that 
I would say the customers that don't maybe always go full custom, and I would say this is not even really a full custom drone. It's a fully customizable platform, which I think is totally different. And so I hope that some of these drone programs, I mean, I've recommended you already to one. I think that they'll find this aircraft very, very useful. Again, think of replacing not just one drone, but many. And even then, I think that this aircraft is extremely competitive. And I wish you the best of luck, my friend. So thanks again for joining me today. Well, thank you so much. It really means a lot that you had me on. So uh, hit me up anytime. I'd love to come back. And uh, yeah, thank you again. It really means a lot. For sure. That's going to do it for us today, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Bobby, it's wattsinnovations.com. Is that right? That's it. With an S. Innovations is plural. I had to make sure I said it right. I appreciate you clarifying, though. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Ask Dronio. We believe that videos, images, words, and sound have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.